Advice from a dipshit. Advice from a dipshit. Advice from a dipshit. It's advice from a dipshit with Matt Bronger. Hey, welcome back to Advice from a Dipshit. Uh, this is Matt Bronger of Advice from a Dipshit with Matt Bronger. As always, amazing Amanda, keeping the bells ringing, keeping the wheels turning. Howdy. Uh, thanks, everybody, for uh, calling in and for hanging and for listening and all that jazz. Let's roll the first call, shall we? Hey, Amanda. Good job. Keep up the good work. Hey, Dipshit. This is uh, Michael from Chicago. Long time, first time. All right. So here's uh, here's my question. I uh, have a daughter and a son, 19 and 16, that they're in uh, their first relationship with other people, not with each other, with other people. So I think they can do better in terms of looks and personality. I'm not crazy about how either of their partners uh, talk. I'm not crazy about either of their partners or how they talk to them. Their girlfriend is bossy. Boyfriend's kind of a know-it-all douche. Wow. Should I say anything or just shut the fuck up? Thanks a lot. Talk to you. Bye. Whoa. Michael's so honest. He's I love so honest. Yeah, he's, 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 he's real. That was he's perfect. He's super real. That's a tough one, man. You being, you being a take-no-shit type of dude, maybe, you know, you were too easy on your kids, you know, and they now they take shit. A little bit. Well, we all do, but no, I don't think that's it. I'm, I'm just kidding with you. Thanks for calling in, man, and, um, and for the kind words. Yeah, that's tricky. That's really hard because you want them to respect themselves more and, and take care of themselves more. Look, first thing, first thing I wouldn't do is tell them both at once about their respective partners because everybody wants their relationship to be this magical uh, thing that is that is all their own. You never want to be grouped in with somebody else's thing. I think you should definitely talk to them about it and just go, look, I'll be honest. It doesn't seem like they're treating you that good. Or do you feel comfortable with that? And maybe don't use those words, but just first off, decide which one of the ones you think is the bigger douchebag, uh, the boyfriend or the girlfriend, and then go talk to that child of yours is, that is with that one. Just one at a time kind of thing. But also take a second and go, am I being too judgmental? This is their first relationship. Uh, they're very young. I, uh, when I was 17, I had a girl that I was in love with that just walked all over me. And, <laughs> you know, you look back, but it's like, I remember the, the, the thing after she dumped me where I was just, you know, that kind of thing where you're driving your friends crazy because you're talking about her all the time and shut up, let it go. And I remember having a good laugh at myself where I was like, what, were you going to marry her? And I was just like laughing like, what? I'm only 17. So at least, even when you're in these relationships that might be toxic, I'm not going to judge your kids' relationships that way. You know, you always have the thing where it's like, yeah, but I'm super young. Look, this is the time they make these mistakes, I feel like. So just be careful. If you, you think they're not standing up for themselves enough, okay. And there are ways to kind of mention that. Yeah. But just it's thin ice because when you're that young, you do not want your dad sticking his nose in any of your business. And it's really easy to take sides with someone that you're dating against your dad. So just like tread softly, but at the same time, I don't think you should swallow your feelings over and over because you don't sound like someone who's making this up in their head. You don't sound like someone who's like, no one's ever good enough. I think you're probably given their their partners the the benefit of the doubt, generally speaking. Yeah, you, nobody wants their daughter with a with a, a blowhard douche and no one wants their, <laughs> their son with a 
this shitty girl that's just mean. I mean, you know? who's not embarrassed by the people they dated in the early oh, like god. Who's, my, my first real boyfriend was 610 and maybe 150 pounds wow blonde hair blue eyes played in an emo band that i hated you hated the band <laughs> the emo band uh, oh man shining through <laughs> wow Ooh, that's bad blonde hair blue eyes 610 shining oh shining god it was so bad i was actually was his so name bad. was actually shining through <laughs> The band was called We're Sorry. <laughs> Parentheses, staring at our shoes. I'm not embarrassed. I'm so embarrassed. No, of course, of course. I mean, that, that is the thing for, to, to keep in mind. It's like, this is when you make those mistakes. That was the big thing to me. Where yeah. it's like, if you don't think they're good enough, it's like, well, maybe your daughter or son sees something in them you don't see. But if they're shitty to them, then it's like, oh, fuck that, man. Maybe you should say something. Maybe. So thanks for calling, dude. Hey, Matt, this is Nate from Indianapolis. Um, love your podcast. Love what you're doing. Really love your stand-up. One of my favorite bits that you've ever done was the uh, wild catting in a bar in New Orleans. <laughs> and my wife and I are planning a trip on the 20th of September to go to New Orleans for our first wedding anniversary. Cool. And I was hoping you could give me some advice on what to do while I'm there and uh, places to see <laughs> and where to go to have a good time. So uh, let me know what you think. Thanks. Thank you, buddy. Uh, well, first off, if you want to go to the bar where that happened, that is Checkpoint Charlie's on the east. It's just before the Faribault Marigny at the east end of the French Quarter. There's a, a thousand blogs you could read about places to go and things to check out. I think the important thing is don't spend all your time in the French Quarter or on Bourbon Street. There's a lot of nice things there, but get in the Garden District, get in the Faribault Marigny, you know, maybe even go take a trip to Uptown. Take cabs if people advise you to take cabs because it is, it can be a very dangerous place. Don't go to cemeteries at night because all the, uh, the gravestones are too high to see past and people get robbed in there. Couple of my favorites, I, I always get barbecue shrimp at Mr. B's. It's, is it anime Scotch House? Uh, it's, a, it's a fried chicken place, it's unbelievable. One thing that's really awesome about, about New Orleans is the locals love to party and like to have fun, but they pace themselves. And so if you can just do that and not be one of those tourists that just get shit hammered in the afternoon because they think, hey, everyone here always gets shit hammered. It's like, no, everyone there doesn't die of cirrhosis of the liver. Everyone takes sips, even though they're walking the streets, holding cups of alcohol. And that's one of the best things about that place is after you finish a meal, still have half a bottle of wine. Do you, can we get some to-go cups? And you each fill up a cup, the rest of your wine, and go out in the night. You can leave when you want. It's really awesome. See as much live music as you can. Oh, oh, I will say go to the Maple Leaf Tavern way, way over in the Garden District and see the Re Rebirth Brass Band. I think they play Tuesday nights, and it's fucking awesome. I had one of the best nights there last time I was there with my wife. We got there at midnight, and the band just finished, and I threw a tantrum. I was like, God damn it, we missed them. Everything's fucked up and stupid, or whatever I said. Just some baby man shit, an idiot. And then uh, I was like, ugh. And I went to the bar. I was like, you know, I was like, uh, ordered us some drinks. You know, let's just at least get a drink here. They're done. I was like, hey, is the band playing again? The guy's like, yeah, it's only midnight, dude. So it's like that's New Orleans for you right there. It's like, what are you fucking stupid? They're playing again at like one a.m. and then probably again at four a.m. and probably again at six a.m. So that's why you gotta pace yourself because you the good shit happens at night. Oh, and get get a beignet too at Cafe du Monde and a chicory coffee. That's my advice to you. 
And have fun, man. I, I'm glad you enjoy the enjoy the joke. Thanks, man. You remember buildings and locations insanely well. Well, if I, I've I've eaten and drank good stuff there, sure. But if it's something like yeah, but you your catalog is impressive. Thanks. Well, it's like that. That was like a town I was obsessed with when I was like in oh, my twenties and thirties. Really? Yeah. Well, because it's like the most haunted city in America. It's got all this awesome history to it and stuff. But you know, I'll tell you something that's interesting that struck me about my cultural centricism because I was always like oh it's just this magical place where you know it's like actual pirates used to live and stuff and it was you know because I know there's all this really yeah, weird dope. history mm-hmm. but I was I was there doing this comedy festival with uh Baron Vaughn who Baron Vaughn is he does I think he does Crow on the new Mystery Science Theater. He created the new Negroes with uh, with um, Open Mike Eagle, who's on the on oh, the show. Mike. And he, yeah, and he he's Baron is a, a, an amazing actor, an amazing amazing comedian, and he's a, he's a good pal. And Baron is black. And we were in New Orleans, and I was like, oh, I just love it here. And he's like, he's like, man, I just look around here, and all I see is slavery. And I was like, fuck, what? You know, because really? it was it was the hub of the American slave oh, yeah. trade. Yeah, it was yeah, where yeah, they take yeah, them, yeah. and if you, you can you can still go on Jackson Square, and there's an alleyway there. And one of the rad, rad things about that town is the ghost tours because you learn so much history and it's all dark, fucked up history. And one of the things they take you to is this alleyway that still has the metal. No, uh, no. Based, no, like the, the no, the rings? D- like rings where they had people shackled. Right, yeah. Because that's where they, yeah. it was like oh, where shit. when human beings were treated as chattel and were sold, you know, like livestock. And it's just the worst part of our history. And it was that thing where... Yeah, I definitely had my head in the clouds of white privilege mm. in my own way, mm-hmm. you know? So it was kind mm-hmm. of like a, a, a lesson. But that said, everything, for the most part, that is magical in that town was created by black people. Uh-huh. And, it's, and it is, you know, a very, very black town, too. And it's just a, a kind of a fascinating place because it has its own level of high and low culture akin to, like, San Francisco. You know, where it's, oh. like, it's like San Francisco and New Orleans are, like, our two European cities, in a way. The, the only two cities, mm. European cities that exist in America, you know, they're just like, oh, you can put these in Europe, uh-huh. you know, in your own way. I love that town. So oh, it's that's amazing. Rad. That's like a big thing I want to do. I still haven't been. Oh, you got to go. go. Oh, yeah. yeah you, you dig it the yeah. most. I'm not a fan of just being sh- wasted, but like, mm-hmm. I like liquor. Sure. And there's like. And you can walk around with it. Man. It's the best. But I, like high quality, nice liquors yeah. too, you know? Mm-hmm. I think voodoo is fascinating. I'm not going to lie. It is. I like, met I met a, a voodoo priestess when I was there. What? There's a lady uh, that she's escorted around by this man in a top hat that drives her everywhere. And like we were on a tour and like he pulled up and the tour was, he's like, oh, we're being visited by uh, voodoo royalty. This is Madame uh, Lady. What? You know, she's like, she's like a high priestess. And we were like, hi. You know, it's that thing where you kind of got to pay credit, you know, and, and, and uh, that's but it's amazing. Like, it's interesting. That's amazing. Yeah. And like, and voodoo, it takes stuff from various religions. There's one thing. It also uses elements of Catholicism, use elements of all this other stuff. Yeah. So super fast. It's interesting. Yeah. And, and I want to do the carousel bar. Oh, yeah, that's fun. It's hard to get a seat, but it's rad. Sure. All right. Hey, Matt. Uh, this is Brandon from Wisconsin. Uh, big fan. First time caller. Uh, big listener of both your podcasts. Anyway, um, got a question for you. Um, currently, I'm living in a rental, a rental house with my um, ex-girlfriend. And uh, oui. she wants to stay until the lease is over in about six months. So, um, any advice you could give me on how to make this situation uh, less awkward and painful um, would be great and appreciated. Uh, thanks a lot. Have a good one. Yeah, thanks for calling. And no, 
think one of you has to stay and the other one has to leave and you should actively decide who that is and then try to um, reach out for a, a suitable roommate for the one that stays. I, think it, I don't think that's healthy at all. Look, when I had a roommate, I learned it was ironically almost easier when your roommate did not start out as your friend because I moved to Chicago with a friend of mine and we were not the best of roommates. I wasn't a good guy to him, but we're still friends now. Uh, but it was, it, was, it was a tough ride. Um, I had some, some tough times when I lived with Kyle who came on the show, Kyle Kinane. But like when I, I lived with a, a, a friend of mine in Chicago and it was, it was okay. But when he moved out and, his, and he moved to LA and his girlfriend moved in with me and uh, in a month leading up to her joining him, we got along pretty awesome. And uh, then she moved out and then a guy moved in that she worked with. And that was like my last roommate in Chicago. And, you know, we got along pretty decently. But if you have, the worst case scenario is you're dating someone, you break up, you're still both living there. Everything's going to be, to paraphrase Spinal Tap, turned up to 11. (laughs) Like, you're, like anything bad happens, it's just going to be awful. You forgot to wash the dishes. It was your turn to do this, do that. And it's just, it's just toxic. It's really toxic to be around each other. You know, you guys might be hanging out, getting drunk, and you might sleep together. And it, then it's bad. It's just like, what do we do? If you broke up, break up. Go away from each other. And, it, and look, her saying, I, we have to stay until the lease is done. Sure. If both your names are on it, yes. But... One of you can get your names taken off. You can have another name put on for the remainder. Uh, there are ways around that. It's it's just you guys living together. It's just not healthy. Blah. And I, I mean, I think you know what I'm talking about. You're on the side of what I'm talking about, but it's like, just break it off. Move out or she has to move out. No, hope that helps. Blah. <laughs> I like that noise. I was going to just blah. Just blah. Just blah. Hey, Matt Bronger, uh, your outgoing voice message made me a little anxious, but um, I got a, a question for you. Uh, so I got this girl I'm dating. I've been dating her for about a year and a half, almost two years now, and uh, I'm a romantic, or I thought I was a romantic, and um, I had this big idea to propose to her and this great spot in the Rock Mountains, and uh, I knocked her up. And so um, I'm just trying to figure out, is there a way for me to propose to her uh, between now and when we have a bastard, potentially? Uh, <laughs> it's still romantic. So she's about five months pregnant, definitely showing. Um, I just can't imagine a scenario where there's like a backlit sort of photo of me proposing to a pregnant woman. I don't know, man. Need some advice. I want to make romantic, and I do care about her a lot. Um, I just put a cart before a horse a little bit here. All right, thanks very much. Bye. This is not a problem, man. Uh, you're, you're driving yourself crazy because I think you you are fixated on a picture of you kneeling in front of her on top of a mountain or something like that. And quite honestly, you probably would have put the camera somewhere and set it on a timer. It would have fell off the side of the mountain. The camera would have rolled down the hill. So, like, it's you wouldn't have got the best picture anyway. Yeah. I think that's beautiful. And I think, look, you planned on marrying her anyway. So, you know, Carter, horse, whatever. This is the natural order in whichever way you look at it. I think your big thing is just make it clear to her that you're not proposing to her because she's pregnant. I think your big thing is you have to just say, like, look, you got to believe me. This is something I've wanted to do for a long time. 
and I wanted it to be romantic and I wanted it to be special and I want you to know that you're special and you're all I ever want. You have, just have to make that clear. It's one of the most important things in a relationship, you know, pregnant or not, to make the other person feel special. You found this magic that you've never had before. So as long as you can drive that point home, I honestly, just to spitball it here, I would go ahead and, and tell her all that stuff and then propose and just make it clear it's got nothing to do with the kid who I don't care how much you uh, love Game of Thrones, do not name that kid bastard. Uh, but <laughs> though it is a pretty badass name. But just and then go ahead and go ahead and do the damn thing and don't worry about being on top of a mountain and there being a majestic view or you sitting on the veranda overlooking the French Riviera or something. Proposal is the special thing and you'll neither one of you will ever forget it. You being somewhere majestic doesn't make it any more or less special. So just do it to it, man. And you are definitely uh, romantic, obviously, because it just means a great deal to you. And I wouldn't overthink it, man. I would just do it. Best of luck to the three of you. Yeah. Yeah. Baby bump or not. Right. You exactly. Show the picture to your kid. Yeah, You're exactly. Like, Josh, that was you. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Just give him like a perpetual child's name, Josh. Mm-hmm. Josh. Matt, my name is Zach, and I think you're hilarious. And I love that you put this number out here. Saw it on the, my mom, uh, your mom's house podcast. Um, but I have a question for you. I'm hearing some um, contradictory um, results from this question. But how do you boil eggs? Thanks. Have a good one. Oh yeah. Uh, well, just off the top of my head, as I uh, and thank you, thanks for um, calling in and being so cool. Uh, I, I'm, from what I, if I can remember the timing right. You basically, uh, you put an egg in the water uh, in a pot on the stove and you turn it up to high and then you, uh, once it starts boiling, you start it, it's about six minutes right there. And then uh, after the six minutes, uh, you just turn, you turn the heat off and leave the egg in the water for, excuse me, another minute. Uh, If you want, um, not all the way, uh, you know, boiled, boiled, like hard boiled, you know, like a little bit of an oranger, uh, oranger. That's a <laughs> yeah, term. Totally. Yeah. Uh, medium boiled. More, more oranging boiled. or oranging. Orange. If the, if the yolk is more oranging, um, then get, you know, you can do, you can do five minutes or take it out of the water. So, but that, that is, is my, um, my understanding. What I like to do if I'm, it's one of straight up hard boiled egg is to, uh, boil it for the six minutes and then take the egg out with a slotted spoon and put it in a bowl of ice. So it cools it down enough, and that makes it easier to peel the egg, to peel the the shell off. So um, really, mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah, it, it's and it's it's. You should also uh, I think it's salt. The water helps you get the get the shell off too. But I'm sure there's 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 does people it, that went to the. Doesn't salting water make water boil faster? It does. Yeah. Okay. That's why you salt water. Is that so it why? Boils. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> Okay. Look at us learning. Yeah. I didn't know about the ice thing. Look at that. Yeah. Well, the ice thing just makes it like so you can eat it without burning your mouth. Oh, too. I thought that helped take the shell. You just that said, too. Okay. No, no, that too. Because that's annoying. that's where I got. That's where I did it first. Uh-huh. It's like, like, hey, that shell's coming right off. But yeah, because um, that's really annoying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. So hope that, hope that helps. How do you boil an egg? How do you boil an egg? Yeah. Thanks everybody for calling in for listening. The phone number is 323-763-0228. Patreon is a, at advice from a dipshit. Uh, trying to work to get onto Spotify. So please give us some dough. Social media is at advice from a dipshit on Facebook. 
at Dipshit Advice on Twitter. Theme song is by Ben Wise. Someone just tweeted at me that they couldn't get it out of their head, so congrats to Ben and to the man who's doomed to listen to that song forever. Uh, the Please Hold Me Tour is in full effect and on the road. Go to mattbronger.com to see if I'm coming near you. Thanks to Amanda uh, for keeping the egg boiling, and thanks to everybody for calling in. Thanks for teaching me the ice. Yeah. Advice from a dipshit. Advice from a dipshit. Advice from a dipshit. It's advice from a dipshit with Matt Bronger.